Right. Who is excited the year is ending? <laughs> Who is excited for the beginning of a new year? Um, I had the privilege, uh, my mic is quite high, I had the privilege of um, speaking um, the second week of January, and I remember that time God gave me a word <coughs> uh, in Ezekiel, I think it was Ezekiel 33, a word about uh, making steps or taking another step. I spoke from Ezekiel 33 about the vision of Ezekiel that he had of the temple of a river that originated from the temple, not a river, a spring or water bubbling from the temple. And this water started moving as it went into the north and the east and the west and it became a mighty river as it continues. And Ezekiel was taking step by step as he was led by the Spirit to stop and take a step. And every time he would take a step, he would find the water deeper than the step that he had. And God spoke to me deeply about me as an individual making steps in the year 2018. He also spoke to us corporately as a church about making steps. And the message that the Spirit was bringing on that day was that we should not remain where we are, but we should be people who should try as much as possible to make another step. So as I was thinking about today, I was just reminded what kind of a year it has been. And just before I brought that word, I think it was the Wednesday night before the Sunday I brought that word on January 14th. We were at our connect group and we had a quiet moment. And I felt in my spirit that God was speaking to me about this is going to be a year of learning. And I shared with my connect group that word. I, I just, at, at first, I just thought it was just a word that came randomly or it didn't mean nothing because I had not planned anything regarding learning. I hadn't thought about anything that I'm going to learn in you. But I just heard that word that 2018 is really going to be a year of learning. And that was not just for me, but also for the congregation. And I shared that word. And boy, has it been a year of learning. I feel like this year I've learned more than, than I have learned for the past five years. There are things, many things that I have learned this year. But probably that will be another story for another day. But I just want to reflect very quickly on us as a church this year, how I have just experienced the power of God and the power of Holy Spirit in people just making steps as the Holy Spirit spoke to us way back in January. It has been a real year that as a church we have seen tangible evidence of people just making steps and going deeper into the waters. It started off way in March with Andrew and Pradeep just saying we're going to hand over the button and we're going to step back and leave other guys continue where we stopped. And we saw Andrew taking a step back, but we saw Nathan really taking a real big step forward by saying, I'm going to serve the Lord full time. That was a really huge step. Now, as a church, we have seen God just do wonders. If you look around you, 
The faces that you might see are not the faces that you, you are familiar with for the past two, five, ten years. God has been just so generous in just bringing people in that we had no relationships with. And these people have just not come in out of nowhere, but it has been the relationships that you guys have developed by just inviting people and telling them, come along and see what God is doing. Some has been as a result of the missions that we run as a church. And this mission has impacted people in the community, and they have said, let me come and see. So I see evidence after evidence of people making steps. And even before I speak what I want to speak today, I, I just want to honor God really and honor you guys. So can we just stand up and give God honor for this year, for just the steps that we have made, God has used that to continue growing his church. So come on, guys. Let us just say thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you. Shall we sit? So I was thinking, what kind of a message can I bring as we go into the new year? And I just, I looked at where we are at Acts, and I thought, let me get a message from the next place where we are at church. So I'm going to get my message today on the next bit in Acts where we are, which is Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 6 to 15. And being a Christmas season, I'm going to link that up also with a message in Luke, which I think uh, correlates to what I'm going to be speaking today. And today I want to speak about getting up and going. The reason why I want to speak about getting up and going is because I believe that the Lord has, is, and will speak. So our response should be getting up and going. We have had a 2018, a period whereby we have taken steps. Now, steps are good. Steps are important. But if we stay at the steps where we took, we are not going to continue growing. So I think the call for us, the call for me as an individual, and the call for us cooperatively as a church, I think going into 2019, is not just making a step, but it is actually getting up and going. There is a microphone. <coughs> Birds are on there. So it, it reads, it's a long read, uh, forgive me. Paul and his companion traveled throughout the region of Persia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mesia, they tried to en enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Marcia. Uh, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing this very and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, 
we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed for Stratres. And the next day, we went on to Nepalis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside to the city gate, to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Tyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her, fam her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me be believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. I'm also going to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 25, keeping the Christmas spirit. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before, before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him to his arm, in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, by just reading those two texts, we can quickly conclude that God speaks, and God continues to speak. My sister spoke a week or so ago, how God spoke to her about going into mission. And God will speak to us in various ways and in various forms. God will speak to us through prophecy by giving people an insight of where he wants to take us and they'll communicate that message to us. God will speak to us through dreams, by sleeping and dreaming. God will speak to us through a vision, by some sort of a clear direction of what he wants us to do. God will speak to us through circumstances in our lives, the situations that we go through, God will speak to us through that. And God will speak to us also through the people that are around us. So God speaks, and it is clear that God spoke to, this, to Paul and to Simeon regarding the mission that he wanted them to go to. So let me just put some meat on this text first. Now, Paul has embarked on a mission, on a journey to go and preach the gospel of Jesus. Now, Paul has been trying to get into some of these areas in Asia. Now, he has tried to get into Persia and Galatia. He has tried to get into Mesia and Troas, but he has been hindered from going into those areas. Now, the Bible says that the spirit of Jesus prevented him from going there. Now, exact, sorry, I'm going to change this mic. 
Sorry, sorry. Now, we don't know exactly what the Holy Spirit did to prevent Paul and his companions from going into these regions of Mesha and Troas. But something happened that made it so clear to Paul and his companions, which, which included Timothy and Luke and others, which made it so clear to them that the Holy Spirit does not want them to go in these regions that they wanted to go in. And the first thing I want to mention this morning is that when we have a desire to go, because as, a, as Christians, Jesus has given us an authority to go. He has commissioned us to go and make disciples. And our DNA should wire us to be able to go always. But even as we are wired to go, we need to recognize that we need to listen to the Holy Spirit of where we are going. Because it is not just a matter of going anywhere. It is a matter of going where we have been sent. And we see here Paul and his companions really trying to get into these regions of Asia. But the Holy Spirit forbids them from going there. And they listen to the Holy Spirit. And as they are still listening, now Paul, after trying so much and failing, he gets a vision of exactly where he is supposed to go. Now, one important thing that Paul did was be obedient to the vision that he had received. Now, the question I want to pose to you today is, are you obedient to the vision that you have received? You might think that you have not received a vision. But Jesus has commissioned you to go and share the good news. That is all you need to have the capacity to say, I am going to go. So Paul and his companions were passionate about going to fulfill the vision that they had received. The vision that they had received was a man from Macedonia asking them, come and minister to us. Now, I don't know what a man of Macedonia looks like. But there were some distinct features about this man that left no doubt in Paul's mind that this man is from the region of Macedonia. Now, it is so easy, you guys who have been here, even me who is a foreigner, to know kind of where people come from. If someone comes here and speaks in another English that is so fast and strange, I might say, oh, probably they are from the north. Or many of you will recognize if a Welsh person speaks or a Scottish person speaks, there is something about them that will instinctly tell you this person comes from a certain area. Now, in my culture or in Kenya, we have so many tribes and so many tribes dresses up in different forms. By just seeing how someone has dressed, you can easily tell which part of Kenya they come from. So there was something very clear vision of what this man was like that Paul concluded immediately that we needed to be going to Macedonia. And thank God they decided to go. And as they decided to go, everything is working in their favor. They get in the boat and the sail is so clear. They sail in a day, they reach their destination. They are there. But the moment they reach there, my expectation 
of the Bible was that as they reach there, the first thing that they will see is a man of Macedonia. But as they reach there, the Bible doesn't mention anything about the man of Macedonia. So they reach there and they start speaking to people. But there is nothing tangible that is coming out that the Bible says clearly. For a whole week, they've been walking, they've been speaking to people. There is nothing tangible that we can get from the text of what actually impact their mission to Macedonia brought. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because it is important for you to always remember your vision and your mission. Because just because you did not get the view of your destination, same as the mission or the vision, it doesn't mean that the vision was wrong. Because I know most of you have gone out because you have clearly heard from God. You have clearly received from God. And God has told you, go. And when you have gone, you have found that the vision does not match what you received. The picture that you get on the other side, it is different from what the Holy Spirit spoke to you about. And then when you reach there, you think, I have gone astray. I did not get it right. I did not hear God right. Just because the view is different does not mean the mission or the vision has changed. So I want to encourage you, regardless of the obstacles that you get, when you get into the mission field, you have to always refer back to the vision that you received from God. And that vision is, go, I am with you. So Paul and his companion, good on them, they continue going. And we are told that on the Sabbath, they went to the city gate by the river, expecting to find a place of worship. Now, why did Paul and his companions go to the river? You have to remember that the Jews, when they were carried out in captivity in Babylon, they had no place to worship. They had no tabernacle. They had no temple. So all they, had, they, 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 they were doing, they were sitting by the riverbanks on the Sabbath day. And there they were weeping and crying when they remembered of the life that they had in Zion. The Psalm 137 writes clearly of that when, the, when he writes that by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. And our tormentor tortures us but saying us, sing us those songs that you used to sing in Zion. But how can we sing a song of the Lord in a strange land? So the Jews in those days, they had found refuge and solace by the rivers and they would sit there and weep when they would remember what had happened before. And this picture of these women sitting at the river, worshiping God, just reminds me of us Christians. We come at a place of worship. We come at a place of where we want to give thanks to God. But we are in a bad place. We are remembering where we used to be and where we are. And the pictures are so different. And you find yourself in church as a Christian. But you are suffering inside. 
You are suffering because of circumstances and situations that are surrounding you. You are suffering probably because of the depravity that you have in your life. You are suffering because of illnesses and relatives and friends are suffering. And you are sitting at a place of worship, at a place where you need to receive from God. And instead of having that liberty to worship and pray God, you can only remember how good it was. But you can't see anything in the current circumstance that is worth praising and worshiping about. I want to tell you this day that there is refuge for you because God is going to send help. Even though your heart might be very far off, even though your circumstances are not reflecting the place of worship and the place of honor that you are in, I want to remind you that we serve a faithful God. And if you stick to that place of worship, God is going to send help your way. And good for these women because God sends help. Here comes Paul and his companions. And Paul starts to speak to these women. Another thing I want to say, even before I dwell into what Paul was speaking, is to tell you that do not despise a day of small opportunities. Because look at Paul here. Paul was a Pharisee. He actually calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. And as a Pharisee, Paul would not speak to women, or Pharisees would not speak to women, not in public anyway. Women were despised in this day. You would not find a man speaking to a woman in public. But here we find Paul speaking to these women by the riverside. I want to remind you something that Yolanda said when she spoke last time. And that was, God, when we go into the mission field, when we obey the call of God and go into the mission field, God changes us. And he changes the circumstance around us. Because even though Paul, in his own nature, he could not bring himself to speaking to women. He could not bring himself to lowering himself up as a status Pharisee. But God had worked in him just as much as he had worked into this woman's life. So be ready for God to do some work in you as you go into the mission field. Because honestly speaking, you are going to encounter people who are going to rub you the wrong way. You are going to encounter people who are going to reject the gospel immediately before even you speak it. You are going to encounter persecution in some of the areas that you are going to go to. But I want to tell you that God is going to prepare you. If you obey his call and, 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 and call of saying that I am going to go, God is going to prepare you and he is going to prepare those people in those circumstances and those situations. So it is not about what we are capable of doing, but what God can accomplish through our obedience. It is not always clear, but he will make it more clear when we trust and obey. Paul's picture started to fizzle. He could not see clearly what God was sending him and what he was asking him to do. Because his view was different from his vision. But God made it clear 
as Paul continued to stick to his vision. We need to know that God is with us and he will work through us. So the Bible says that Paul started to speak to these women that were by the riverside. One of the women is identified by the name Lydia. Now we are told three things about this woman. One thing we are told that this woman was from Tyatira. Now this is important for us to know that this woman was from Tyatira because Tyatira is one of the regions that Paul previously, before he made this journey to Macedonia, is one of the regions that God had forbade him from going into that region. So the Holy Spirit had a purpose of forbidding Paul to go into that region, but here he has actually found a woman who is coming from the same region that he was trying to reach. Which shows me and you that God always has a purpose even when he says no. God always has a plan even when he says no. No to God is just as good as a yes. And you and I should be able to embrace that and know that God has a plan. The next thing we are told about this woman is that she was a dealer in purple cloth. Now, being in the region of Philippi, this was a colony of Rome. And Rome, purple was royalty. That is the, the color that all the soldiers and royals were wearing. So this is a very clever woman. She is also a very wealthy woman because she's dealing in this purple cloth, which is so precious in Philippi where she's living. So she's trading. She has pitched her business right where the market is. So from that, we gauge that she is a very wealthy woman. And then we are also told that she was a worshiper of God. Now we are not told how she became a worshiper of God because she is not a Jew. But probably in the region where she came from, in Tyatira, being a big region, there might have been Jews there. There might have been a temple there. And maybe from there, she had become accustomed to the Jewish God. So being accustomed to the Jewish God, she had been accustomed to the Jewish tradition of going by the river to pray. But you have also to recognize another thing. This is a very unreached area. Why is this unreached area? Because there is no synagogue. For there to be a synagogue, there had to be ten men who would be Jews who would worship God. Only ten men. And it is sad to learn that the whole region of Philippi, there were no ten men who would form a synagogue. And these women, they couldn't find any men to lead them, so they resulted in sitting by the riverside to worship God. I want to speak to us men. We have a huge responsibility that God has put on us. And that is leading our families and leading our relationships to God. The desire of these women to worship God was hindered by the fact that there were no men who could stand up and worship God. There were no men who could stand up and build a synagogue. We have been set aside to building up, to leading as men. 
And I just want to encourage you as a man, take that responsibility. Lead in every area that you are leading. And lead with the knowledge that God is with you. I understand all the cultures of equality and all that rises in the world that is leaving us. But lead as a man. Because when men fail to lead, there is a vacuum. And that, doesn't, that, that is not diminishing women in any way or in any capacity. But it is a responsibility, it is a calling that God has given you to lead. So will you lead in any area of your life? But then this teaches us something that knowing God is not enough. Because this woman, these women, Lydia and her companions, they were worshippers of God. So knowing God, it's not good enough. It's not the whole deal. Yes, they were worshippers of God. But they had not heard about Jesus. They had not heard about the story of salvation. We, we, we live in a world where many people claim that they know God. We've just celebrated Christmas. It, it is so rare to walk anywhere in this country to find anywhere or anybody who didn't celebrate Christmas. Everywhere. And nobody had a problem with it. Because people know God. But the question is, have you accepted this God in your life as your Lord and your Savior? It is just not good enough to say, I know God or I believe in God. Because even the devil believes in God. Your salvation will come as a result of confessing Christ Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And even though we live in a Christian country, even though we know that people know God, we really need to tell them the truth that they need to have Jesus. Because the truth of the matter is, if they don't have Jesus, they have nothing. So good for Paul and his companions, they started speaking to these women. Now I wonder what Paul was speaking to these women about because the Bible doesn't tell us. But I'm strongly convicted that Paul told these women the story of Jesus. Just by telling them the story of Jesus, how Jesus was born, how he was raised up, how he preached the gospel of repentance to God. How he preached about reconciling man back to God. And the story of the cross, how he died. And how he resurrected and lives again. And as Paul told these women about Jesus, we are told that Lydia was listening. Another thing I believe Paul told these women was his testimony. Paul, before he became Saul, he was a rough man. He was going around persecuting the church. He was going around imprisoning Christians. He was going around wreaking havoc. 
But Christ met him on the road to Damascus. And he changed his heart. And made him an apostle to the Gentiles. And I just want to tell you, even as you go this coming year, you have a powerful testimony. Don't neglect the testimony of your salvation. Don't neglect the testimony that Christ has given you. Don't neglect that moment that you realize that Jesus is Lord. And that is a powerful testimony. If you have nothing else to share, you can share your testimony. You can tell someone about you, about Christ and what he has done for you, about how he has saved you, how he, he walks with you every day, how he listens to your prayers, how he hears your heart and pain, how he is with you in every situation and circumstance. How even through disappointment and all areas of, our, of your life, you know that your father, your God is with you. And that is a powerful story that each one of us, if we had to go, we need to share that testimony. I have heard stories of so many people who have come to faith by just listening to what God is doing in other people's lives. This morning we have heard stories of what God is doing opening people's eyes to realize, regardless of what is surrounding them, he is with them. And that is the hope that the world is seeking. So let us share to tell people our God is with us. And of course, Paul had to tell Lydia about the route to salvation. So it is good to share about Jesus' story. It is good to share our story, but we need to conclude by telling people the route to salvation. And that is, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Because unless they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, there is no salvation for them. They can clap hands for you when you tell them your story. They can get excited when you tell them their story. They can go think about it and retell that story. But unless they have that conviction in their heart to say that I am going to confess with my mouth, believing in my heart that Jesus is Lord, there is no salvation for them. And we need to be bold enough to tell people, this is it. This is the way and this is the only way. So even as you go this coming year, don't neglect the fact that you are to tell people for you to be saved, for you to receive eternal life, you have to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because nothing else is going to save you but the name of Jesus. Another thing we find here which is so important, as Lydia was listening, the third thing we see is God open Lydia's heart. Now, that gives me so much liberty when I know that it is God who opens hearts. Because it is not my job to open hearts. My job is to continue speaking 
My job is to continue being a witness. My job is to live my life in a way that will reflect Christ. I have no business opening hearts. And I know so many of you, you have taken so many steps. So many of you, you have done a lot of work speaking to friends, speaking to family, speaking to colleagues. And it reaches somewhere, it becomes so frustrating when you continue hitting on the wall and nothing is happening. I just want to encourage you today that it is not your job to open people's hearts. That is the job of God himself. And he is going to open those hearts. David Devinish, one of the leaders of New Frontiers, said, the kingdom of God is not about celebrities think putting on a show, but it is about ordinary people planting seeds. Your job as a Christian is just to plant seeds. And sometimes the seed might just be, come along with me today. Or the seed might just be showing kindness. I was just taken back by the buzz of activities here at the Beacon during this month. It has been so amazing just to see people just giving all their time, all their energy, and all their resources in just loving one another. We had companies come into our doors and just pack stuff up and help out, and they were blown away by just the love that is around this place. Now, for you, you might think that is nothing. But I want to assure you that that is a lot and that is all that Christ wants you to do. Because in so many circumstances, we put ourselves down. We diminish what God has put in us because we feel like our Christianity will be defined by how many people I convert to come to faith. My Christianity will be defined by how many people give testimony that I helped them out. But that is not it. Your Christianity will be defined by how you live your life, demonstrating Christ, and others will see through your eyes and see this is Christ. And so I just want to encourage all of us, this is not something that you're going to go and be stressed about, oh, they said I have to go, so I have to go. Oh, who, who, I haven't converted anybody. Oh, nobody has had. What am I going to do? I'm a very bad Christian. No. You are already doing the right thing by just going. You are already doing the right thing by just loving people. You are doing the right thing by just serving people. So can you just continue doing that joyfully and leave the rest to God? Because God is going to open hearts. People will give testimonies one day and say, oh, you told me that. And you don't even remember you told them that. But those seeds that you are planting are going to reap, are going to mature, and fruits are going to come. So I just want to encourage you. Can you continue going? Now for Lydia, God opened her heart. And we are told she was baptized with all of her family. 
Which gives me another hope. The promise of God that you and your family will be saved. Now you might be here, you might have loved ones that you've been speaking to and they are not getting converted. I want to tell you the promise of God for you and for your family is that you will be saved. So you continue being that catalyst. You continue being that light in your family, in your community. And you will see what God will do in the end. And from there, Lydia just picks up the gifts of God. Because we are told, she says, come to my house. She has just been converted. But she's already deep right into ministry. So she invites these guys back to her house. And later in that chapter, we read they actually went back to her house where a church had already been planted. And I want to tell you that God is going to give you the generosity in your heart just to bring people along. And I'm so glad when I put my eyes around, I can see so many people who are just invited come along. And God did his work. So even as we go through this 2019, I want you to remember that the spirit is with you. Don't be stressed. When you reach those areas whereby you find that there is difficulty, don't be stressed about it. God is with you. If you find that the view doesn't match the vision, don't be stressed about it. Just keep going. Do not neglect the small opportunities that come along the way. Because God is going to use the little to do much. Shall we pray?